Hello and welcome to Soxology. It is the 19th episode of our Chicago White Sox podcast where we will dive deep into the sometimes exciting world of Chicago White Sox baseball. Today is May 8th, 2023. It is a great evening, and I am thrilled to announce that we have reached an incredible milestone of our podcast, 500 downloads. It's amazing to think that we've had that many, and we couldn't have done it without you guys, our loyal Chicago White Sox, Soxology listeners. So thank you so much for that. On today's show, George and I, we've got some things to talk about. First, we'll recap the Cincinnati Reds series, including that incredible 11-run inning in Game 3, and yet another series win for the White Sox. We'll also be discussing the latest on Aloy Amenez, which then segues us into a discussion about injuries and how long the key players have played together since 2020. Um, and as always, we'll be looking ahead to the next series in Kansas City, which unfortunately has not started off well at all. The Sox are already down a game in the series, losing 12-5 to to Kansas City tonight. So luckily, it is only a brief preview of that series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today is Monday, May 8th, 2023. Welcome to Soxology, the Chicago White Sox podcast. I am your host, as always, Mike Hartung. And with me, as always, is my co-host and father, George. And Dad, what's up, man? How are you doing this Monday evening? I'm doing good. Except I, I, my good feeling is I'm watching the Sox losing 12-5 to here to the Royals. But um, very, very good. Uh, I'm doing great. The Blackhawks won the lottery. They're going to get Bedard in the first pick. I think uh, all Chicago fans, if you're fans of any team in in Chicago, you should be very happy that uh, the NHL let the Blackhawks get the number one pick. (laughs) Yeah. Famous one with Patrick Ewing in the NBA was that the the cold envelope for the Knicks to pick with with Ewing was in in ice, like in dry ice or something to make it freezing to the GM's touch when he's picking envelopes. (laughs) Or, or not, and uh, maybe because it's the opposite with hockey, maybe this one was like warmed up too much where it would burn. But you know, hey, it worked. It worked, and the sock, um, the, not the socks, the Hawks have the first overall pick, which is super exciting. And obviously, I know some listeners out there are big Hawks fans, so um, it'll be yeah, it'll be really interesting to see. Uh, and it's funny, I saw a tweet that just happened. This guy's like, there's probably you know, 17 to 20. He just came up with a number socks podcasts out there. They're going to turn Blackhawks podcast really quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's right. Because I mean, they, uh, I watched this kid in the uh, 18 and uh, under world championships and he was in- insane. How good he is. I mean, it's really insane. He was better than U- Jack Hughes was for USA four years ago. Who's on the, the devils and yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, and uh, you know, I remember watching Dreisaitl when uh, he was in Germany. Um, and th- this kid is just unbelievable. And um, it's it's like franchise changing. It's like drafting Lemieux or or Gretzky or somebody like that. So yeah, so no pr- no pressure to the kid. No no pressure at all. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure at all. But unfortunately, we are not a Blackhawks podcast. We are a Chicago White Sox podcast. So. Okay. Okay, I, we'll put the Hawks on ice for now. Then oh, that was uh, boo. I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we'll try it again I, later. I'm, 
Yeah, sorry, I was offside. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Anyway, uh, this will be a relatively quick episode. I just want to run through a couple topics here. Uh, the Sox won another series, so that's a positive note. Uh, they beat the Cincinnati Reds, who come in into this year like we kind of previewed. They weren't supposed to be really good <laughs> or good at all. They're really not. Um, but the Sox won two out of three in Cincinnati. That was nice. Uh, they won the first game five to four. The second game they lost five to three, and the third game they won seventeen to four and scored eleven runs in one inning, which was super exciting because they haven't done something like that since two thousand seven, and they did do it in Kauffman Stadium where they're uh, they're playing in Kansas City this week. So or right now, so yeah, it's uh, I mean, there's a lot that went into this series. Kind of. I mean, I wasn't really too tuned into it, and I really wasn't super interested because it was two not so great teams. <laughs> but um, Luis Roberts getting hot, which is awesome. Wanted to talk about him. Um, he had a home run. Elvis Andrus hit his first home run in the first game, so that was awesome. But that was the run scoring in that first game, and the Sox went five to four there. Uh, I th- believe didn't Lance pinch that game? Yeah, and he he was okay. Um, yeah, he was okay. He wasn't fantastic. He wasn't bad. He got through it. Yeah, nothing great. And then uh, Saturday, you know, the Reds looked good. Jonathan India went three for three. That was good for him. That TJ Friedel uh, three-run home run, that was nice uh, for the Reds. And, um, you know, Clevenger didn't really look great again. I mean, I don't think he's that good of a pitcher. And then Diaz came in. Uh, for the Reds, and we told everybody that he was their closer, and he's pretty good. <laughs> so he shut them down. And then uh, yesterday, Sox just went crazy, scored 11 against Ashcraft. Ashcraft wasn't even supposed to pitch. And no, we... they moved him up. I don't. I didn't hear why. He just was. They bumped him up. We weren't supposed to see him. He was their best pitcher up until the, until that day. Yeah, and and uh, he hadn't yeah. given up a home run the whole year in 33 innings. But he got he got absolutely smoked, and Gavin Sheets hit a home run really yeah, far. It wasn't like you know it wasn't as good as 1943 against the Senators, but it was not bad. 11, 11 runs. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, that was no. their record. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it's uh, yeah, it was nice to see some some power and a lot of run scoring uh, yesterday. So yeah, I mean, I I wasn't really too intrigued about anything. Um, I mean, did anything catch your eye with this with this red series that you want to touch on? Well, I mean, I, I was hoping they'd win two out of three. We said they'd win two out of three, and then they lost it the second game. And um, the uh, Alberto hitting two home runs was back to back games was nice. Uh, but then that that second inning, the Sox look like they're going to get a break. And we get the guy in the rundown between second and third. And the guy on first goes to second. And the Sox had too many men in the rundown. I thought they were going to get called. Uh, the guys were going to be awarded the next base because you, the Sox had too many men in the rundown. You're only allowed a certain amount. But then they 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 give up and they uh, and they, they run them back to uh, second. And they had, the guy running them back to second had like five guys he could have thrown to. I think he thought that the guy that was already on second who came from first was going to sit there and let the Sox walk up and tag him. Yeah. Well, he did. He took off to first base because he looked up and no one was guarding first. So after all of that, they got back to first and second, and no, we didn't get anyone out. And Kopech looked insanely upset. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, and then the inning, I think they scored a run there, and then uh, it didn't get too worse. And this is and game then we number had three. Run inning. And yeah. then that was that was awesome. So it was pretty, it was fun. And then uh, Sheets, Sheets had hit. He'd been playing a lot recently with uh, with some injuries and stuff like that. He had hit, he had hit like four balls with the guy with his back to the wall in the warning track that just didn't seem to go out in the Tampa series and uh, um and uh, it was he just smoked that one and then I guess he hit another one tonight. Yeah, he hit one tonight, he... so he he's starting to heat up a little bit, which is great to see. Well, we, him. He... we with with Eloy and out and uh, the other things going on, and then he's lefty. We really need him to be. Um, they need him to play. That's the thing. He just needs to play. Yeah. If he plays, he'll run into home runs. And yeah, he will. And, and he's a guy that I keep hearing, like being like an extra throw in to make a deal go down that they were talking to the last winter. He's going to bite them on their ass if they trade him. A young lefty power hitter. I think the, the Sox and a lot of teams do this. They fall in love with where they drafted a guy or what they projected him when they got him. Who cares about all that? Self. Scout yourself, and what they are now is who they are. I don't give a shit what your bonus you gave them, where you drafted them, his international signing, whatever. <laughs> what they're doing now is who they are. And Cease is a young power hitter. He's not that young, but he's still young. He's in the mid-20s, and he's got power, and he hits lefty. Uh, what else do the Sox need more than that? And they, they, they've been searching for that for years with Adam Dunn, LaRoche, oh. you know, all that type of stuff. So Why I, did you I, say that name? <laughs> well, I, I, it's just, it's funny how Anytime he has Anytime we get an Adam from the uh, National League, a Dunn, or what was a goofball right fielder? We had? No, okay, was, go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, no, it was, it was LaRoche. It was Eaton. That's why I didn't want them to get yeah. Adam Frazier. I was happy right. with that. <laughs> Too many Adams. Too many Adams, Too, man. I mean, I mean, you know, unless we're going to split them. But, yeah, it was – I mean, just play sheets. Just play them. Right now with a loy out, I don't care who they're playing, toughest lefty in the league, sheets plays every game. Yeah. No, I'm, and, uh, I, I'm, Vaughn, I'm with uh, you Vaughn is hitting the ball. Even when he was making outs, he was hitting the ball hard. He's, he's hitting the ball very well. Oh, yeah, he's, he had another double tonight. I mean, he's, he's – I know the power's not there, uh, home run wise, but he's he still has twelve doubles on the year. And the kid, the kids, he's a good hitter. Yeah, this is his third year, his second full year, and he's playing. No, this is first body will fill out. And first year playing his position. So yeah, yeah. So so those two guys, they they seem to be like they treat him almost like one player. Um, you know, like if one was playing last year, the other wasn't when they were both right or left. Uh, then they started doing that with Berger and, and Sheets, you know, Sugar, their uh, DH when Eloy went out. And now Berger's out. So just Sheets plays all the time. Vaughn plays all the time. And then when these guys start coming back, um, if Mankata is, is still got his head up the, his ass in the, uh, in, in the in the batter's box, I know he's a better fielder. Uh, I don't care that you're paying him $20 million for like the next four years each. Um I, I want to see Burger or whoever in the lineup. I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna watch another two years of, you know, this is the guy with the money. You know, he hasn't hit since 19. He started off great in spring training. He had a good World Baseball Classic. I was very excited about him this year. I don't fault anyone who's getting hurt, but if he's struggling, I don't want to watch. Every, I don't want to watch him get a couple hundred at bats to figure it out. No, well, I, I, I wouldn't mind if he. 
got a couple hundred of bets to figure it out if he's playing second base. And I don't care how he feels about it, but he has, it, they, they have to have Jake Berger's bat in the lineup. He was the only guy in April really with any power and with, he was their only guy really hitting. So yeah. you, you, at that point, you really have to think back and be like, Hey, is it, should I piss off the player that I'm paying all this money to or, you know, hopefully make the team a little bit better. And I know some people are like, oh, he can't move back to second base. Like, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, he's a great third baseman, very good fielder, but he's athletic enough to play anywhere in the diamond. He's proven that he's also athletic enough to get hurt all the time too, wherever he plays. So I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I think his injury history is insane too. He's had like 22 injuries since he's been in the league. <laughs> so it's um it's frustrating with Yoan Mokata. And that's why I, he wasn't even really a topic that I was going to bring up because I kind of just put him in the background. Just, uh, I, I just, uh, uh, he, he's rehabbing now and I, ho- I hope he's back soon uh, and he contributes, but I don't want to, uh, the Sox got a, a habit or a history of playing, giving guys an opportunity based on where they drafted him, who they traded for him. And, um, and how much they're paying them. And I just want the better guy to play. You're in this horrific situation of 12 and 23 and not looking good tonight against the 9 and 26 team. So, uh, you know, um, I, I, I don't, I just want the best guy to play. Uh, you know, his um, burgers earned it right now with his hitting. And, uh, but again, he's got an oblique. They're saying 10 days. If he tore that or, or hurt it bad when he swung on that one, and I watched that swing, it looked pretty bad. I'm suspicious that it's a, a White Sox fairy tale, wishful thinking about ten days, but we'll see. Yeah, they're normally really off with those injuries. It yeah. seems like so. I I think they're so embarrassed with their injuries that they pretty much just lie. Just say, <laughs> "Oh yeah, he he died, but he'll be back in a month. Don't worry." <laughs> Well, currently the White Sox are down twelve to five against the last place Royals. Um, I think they can come back, huh? How about that? They got the top of the order up. Um, no, well, well. Speaking of, I know you were touching on, you know, the 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 players. You're kind of sick of them playing the players, or you know, play the better guy. Basically, is what you're saying. They have a lot of players that have underperformed, especially this year. They have a lot of players that they're paying money to that are either not playing. Um, and that's a big topic right now because Aloy Jimenez, through no fault of his own, uh, had an appendicitis. So his appendix had to get taken out, emergency style. Um, you know, and those of you who don't know what an appendicitis is, it's when your appendix is about yeah, to burst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't that what he had? That's what he had, right? Yeah, and it sounds like, um, yeah, append- appendix. And they said it, that he was rushed to the hospital, so it sounded like it was, you know, oh, getting yeah. ready to burst. Yeah, I don't know. No, do or die these, situation. I can't these athletes aren't like com- are completely uh, checked all the time. But I agree with you. No fault of his own. When something like that happens in appendix, I know everyone's frustrated because Eloy is one of the two or three guys that are always out with something. I, you, 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 as frustrating as it is that he's out again, you can't blame him. And it is what it is. It's just like Hendricks with his uh, horrible battling. Um, cancer i mean even the kansas city pitcher yarborough got a liner off the, his head um and he's going to be out for 30 days i mean these things happen it isn't anyone's fault 
Although if the Sox pitcher got hit in the head, I'd want to see which one it was. If it's no one's in a fielding position when they finish their their uh, their their motion, so you know some of it could be your fault on that. So I, I don't know about Yarborough, but anyways, but sticking with Eloy, it, it it's an appendix. All right, I know everyone's frustrated about him being hurt. Chill, people. It is what it is. We have to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, I obviously I I understand the frustration. It's like, oh my gosh, can't we just see these guys play together? You know, yeah. I mean, that's that's all anyone really wants. <laughs> it's, well, you, heard, you saw the stat they did. Well, I was going to gonna, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, um, are you going to bring it up now or no? Yeah, I was going to bring that up right now. <laughs> Go ahead. The uh, all right, so a lot of people would say the five guys that the White Sox need to do well in order for them to do well are Yoan Mukata, Yasmani Grandal, Tim Anderson, Luis Robert Jr., and Aloy Jimenez. All right, so their games, there's been 418 games played since 2020. This was, uh, I believe, two days ago, or was this yesterday? I think this was two days ago. 418 games played by the Chicago White Sox, okay? Leading that group of five that I just stated is Yoan Moncada with 309 games played out of that span. Just, I was just thinking about what you just said, and it's true. Yoan Moncada, the guy that's been out all the time, that has pulled so many muscles, he's out right now, was out with COVID in the, during the COVID season. He's the guy, out of all those three, out of those core players, he's the guy that's played the most games. Which is which is frightening because in second place on that list is a catcher, Yasmani Grandal, who should get normal days off anyways. Gets normal days off anyways, and he's battled really bad knee problems, and he's come back pretty good this year. But he's played 268 games, so that's 64% of the games. Tim Anderson ranks three on this list. He's supposed to be your all-star shortstop potentially franchise player that you might throw a bunch of money at soon. And he's only played 64% of the games. He, he played, you know, one less game than Yasmani, which is crazy. And then Luis Robert Jr. He's played 61% of the games since 2020. And Aloy Jimenez has played 52% of the games. So I, under, I it, 219 games out of 418 for Aloy. I mean, and here's the here's the stat that's crazy at the bottom of the screen when when they showed this on air. Those five players have played in only 45 games together out of the 418 possible games. That's 11 percent. That that they've all been in the lineup together. 11 percent. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that's that's insane. But you know what? This is a, a this is kind of a damning stat. I know the White Sox are pro- pro- they're doing this like their their angle on this is sh- show the fans show everybody you know oh poor us you know they haven't been together don't don't give up on this on this uh, on this core you know we just haven't seen them all together this means Jeez, give where, up to where me. are we, anyone here the Chicago Bulls do we hear that for like the last four years you know. With Levine out and this guy out and that guy out. And, oh, well, yeah, and Lonzo. Yeah, for the last two years, they've yeah, built Lonzo this team Ball. and Lonzo Oh, Ball. if we ever got these guys all together, we'd be doing, you know, whatever. But, I mean, there's some truth to that. But, again, they're, they're promoting that because they want that, – that's that's their 
excuse storyline. Um, and sometimes when guys get hurt, you find other pe- people that you weren't expecting that can fill in the role. Like, well, good organizations, like I've been saying forever, have top to bottom organizational depth. And the White Sox, just like we talked about our last podcast, do not have that depth at all throughout any level of the organization. They're very, very bad at player development. They obviously they get lucky in drafts for getting Frank Thomas, Tim Anderson, and you know, right now Berger. <laughs> like yeah. it, 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 and they're not developing these guys. These guys are just guys that are probably doing stuff on their own. A good team that develops well, like the Tampa Bay Rays or like the LA Dodgers, you have scout the scouting department is great, and then the player development's great. And Obviously, not every team has that in the major leagues, but the White Sox cannot, they can't develop players. And this is one thing I wanted to point out to you as we're on the topic of injuries and, you know, roster construction. But I just think, especially with the ownership that the White Sox have, and I thought about this this week when I was texting my cousin, but I'm like, hey, I think the only way the Chicago White Sox under Jerry will be able to even perform is they have to trade major league talent for major league talent, or they have to trade this, this crew, the guys who are making a bunch of money, trade their salaries, get free agents, buy a pitching staff and throw a mishmash of players together and hope they mishmash of MLB talent players, get some depth and hope that they turn into you know, the early 2000s, because I, I think what they did in two, early 2000s, they got rid of Carlos Lee. They got rid of Maglio Ordonez. They brought in random guys that were major league players. And that team was just a miraculous miracle, you know, all worked out together, right place, wrong, right time. But I don't, I, I think yeah, well, I under. Mean, you just, if you want to go back to what you just did, like the 05 team, the pitching staff. Burley was like an out of nowhere, like 49th round. Yeah. They don't even have 49 rounds anymore. Contreras was uh, it didn't do very well with the Yankees when he was the huge signing out of Cuba. Freddie Garcia we traded for. We traded what? We traded Jeremy Reed and Ovila, the catcher. Yep. Uh, um, and everyone thought we got rooked on that trade. That was Olivo, o- o- Olivo, and I love Miguel Olivo. Yeah, Olivo. yeah, Olivo was a really good catcher. Yeah. Not, you know, wasn't great hitter. He was okay, a little power. Um, you know, first of all, Freddie Garcia, and then John Garland came in the famous trade with the Cubs where we rooked them for, uh, I was with a K, a, a crappy relief pitcher that the, the Cubs thought would put him over the edge. And then we picked up El Duque to be our fifth starter, another free agent. So if, if you're not – if you're not developing pitchers, if we're not the Indians or the Dodgers here, and they never will be, yeah. yeah. And why? I mean, why Indians trade? Trade with with a year. Bieber's going to be gone this year. The the Indians trade the Klubers and the Clevengers when they're great and Cy Young candidates, and they and then they just keep keep trading them and they're not going to pay them. Speaking of not paying, um, I heard on the radio that uh, and something we already knew. The, the Sox and Giolito are so far apart. They talked a little bit going into the season uh, about extension that that it's never, ever, ever going to happen. No, it's over. It, it, his yeah. his time here is over. And, you know, I know his side tried, but he's going to get the way he's pitching right now. If he continues, he, he's going to get money that the Sox aren't yeah. going to pay a pitcher. So, um, 
No, if you if you if you pick up something off the scrap heap like Clevenger for twelve million a year for one year, what do you think? I mean, uh, Giolito is not. He had he had he had like one top of the rotation year. Other than that, he's been somewhere between a two and a four. Yeah, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. Most part of his career, he's been up and down. But a three starter in a in a in a, in a competitive major league team, a competitive one. That's practically a twenty million dollar year play pitcher. That's what it is. Well, yeah, and and you, you know you, you can't go into the BMW dealer and say I only want to spend thirty thousand dollars on this car. Well, it's, you're not fine. You're not going to get this car. First of all, um, they have to buy after this year. The the way they put themselves in with this year, I know it's not over yet, but I'm just looking. I mean, they're not going to have their starting pitching is they they'll need to get three or four guys in free agency. I mean, they yeah. they they have no depth. Lance Lynn's gone. Giolito's gone. Clevenger's gone. Kopech's probably a bullpen guy. I I, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I I know they won the game where they scored the eleven runs. I I don't I, I don't have a lot of faith in him. No, forward. no. I, I I because he, I think he'd be a really good bullpen guy. To be honest with you, <laughs> if he, if yeah. he ever if he ever um, does that, so that means your only guy is Dylan Cease, and he's been struggling really bad lately. He, so he's, he's he's getting hit again today. Uh, yeah. What is that now? Five? Well, five, five or six starts with only like a one okay one, one yeah, one, and like four horrible ones. And, and I'm, I'm in, yeah, I'm, and you have, I mean, just going back to the whole main point, it you have you have no superstar talent except if you think you're going to get a lot back from TA. But any fan or any front office guy for the White Sox, for that matter, or woman, uh, if if they think that trading for prospects and redoing this is the way to go. That is, I would be so upset. So, so upset if they start trying to trade for oh, prospects yeah. again, because first it's of all, they're not going to get a tease for uh, James Shields or something stupid. Oh, this is, well, you know what? I mean, Hans position has got to be Jerry. We're only a, this player, that player away because it has to be, they don't have the star talent like a, be on the street that they don't have, yeah. they don't have Chris sale. They, they don't have – I mean, I don't even – Adam Eaton I didn't like, but he was probably well, better than know, any of these guys. I, I mean, I – We weren't going to talk trades for like a month, but I heard today on the, on the again that they said that uh, the Sox are, are vigorously scouting the Cardinals because they know they're not going to be able to sign Giolito and the two teams off to horrendous starts. Uh, I mean, there's teams worse like the Royals and, you know, Detroit and stuff, but the Cardinals and Sox are two teams that thought that they might be good. Yeah. Um, that, um, uh, and they have a surplus of, of outfielders and some other positions in, in, in everyday lineup in the Cardinals that, uh, the, the Sox Giolito to the Cardinals was kind of a little bit of an early rumor. It was an early rumor. I think that would be actually a, a good spot and they're both really bad right now. <laughs> so yeah. if the Cardinals yeah. get on a heater and the Cardinals, I mean, God, I don't want to jump into that, but, but well, no, I mean, I, the, the Cardinals clubhouse is torn apart right now it's crazy i a lot of inside stuff uh no. trevor ploof has said that you know it, it's it, it's horrendous and he thinks the manager is the guy who's starting all this stuff but anyway i i wanted i mean I, that's enough of the roster construction i just wanted to kind of talk about that i yeah. i didn't want to make I, this we, a we super half hour on the cardinals well I, oh my god <laughs> i mean the yeah whole stuff and I, i'm the last guy in the world to to uh defend the cub or an ex-cub but what the Cardinals are doing to him is just total bullshit. 
You sign him for $87.5 million. Uh, you've seen him for 20 games a year against you <laughs> and in the division. And and you sign him, and then 33, 30 games, in, uh, five weeks into it, you know, do you scapegoat him? You make him look so bad by saying he's not going to catch anymore. And then it was like a Sox dysfunction, like like a cancel Sox fest type bullshit. It was like, oh, he's going to play outfield and DH a little. Oh, then the next day, oh, well, we'll walk back on that. Uh, the GM said, no, no, he's just going to DH, and he's still going to, you know, catch. It's just no people one talking are, to each people other. People are saying it sounded that the, like a Sox thing, you know. Yeah, and people are saying the pitchers for the Cardinals went up to you know the manager and the front office. The pitchers and the Cubs didn't want to throw to the guy. Yeah, I know. And, so, but it's it's crazy, and we could yeah, go we could is. go so Anyways. long so long with the Cardinals, but I didn't want to make this a huge podcast, a very long one. So. Right. Let's uh, let's jump in really quick and end off on this on this Royal series. I think we had enough of just talking about the dysfunction on the White Sox, even though they did win two series in a row. There's right. still some things that we are concerned about, obviously, for a team that is now uh, 12 and 24 after the loss against the Royals today. Obviously, uh, the, the Sox are playing the Kansas City Royals in Kansas City, and it is a four game set starting today. They did lose twelve to five. Uh, Let and- me interject the one thing about today. Yeah, I, I know we're running long here, but that's okay. Um, they're pitching the guy every day, and they brought Lam- they were getting killed today. They brought Lambert in. What were they doing? Yeah, I saw that too, and I felt and bad Lambert for him. Pitched, I think all three games or two of the three games against both the Twins and and Reds. They're down. Bummer just got killed after Cease got killed. What is Lambert doing in there? Yeah, I. No clue. And Dylan break. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Hey, I mean, Santos came in and a mop up and <laughs> and and pits pretty good again. Um and Dylan C is just going five innings, nine hits, seven or runs today. Um he is a five five eight ERA on the year. We can talk so much about him. Probably next podcast we'll we'll bring his what he did today up and, and our concerns with him. But the, the pitching probable is coming up without getting into today's game. Uh, tomorrow, Giolito, who's 1-2 and two with the 3-6-7 ERA, he's had a really good bounce back three or four starts. He's facing Jordan Lyles. Uh, he's 0-5 with a 6-6-9 ERA. One thing that this Kansas City team doesn't do well is really um, pitch. <laughs> and, yeah. they, and, they, and they really uh, don't um, – you know, they have a lot of hard contact, but right at people. I saw that today on the broadcast. They're number one in, like, hard hit contact, which is funny. Uh, they're also uh, – and and it just hasn't produced for them run-wise, no. but I think that will. They have a lot of good young players on their team. Um, but I'm looking forward to that uh, matchup tomorrow. I think the Sox have a good chance of winning that game with Giolito on the mound. Then Lance Lynn versus Brad Keller. Um, Keller's been pitching for the Royals for a while. He's two and three with a four, six. That's pretty standard for him. Lance Lynn is one and four with a six, eight, six, still not good, but hopefully he can warm up in, in May and the rest of the year. Then Thursday, uh, it's Clevenger again, two, three with a four, eight, four ERA. He's facing Brady Singer, who I was really, really high on. Not this year, just normally. I I just thought he's a good pitcher. He's eight, eight, two ERA, two and four. Rough start for him. Um, those are the matchups. I think guys that I would like people to look out for um, 
in the Royals lineup really quickly would be obviously Bobby Wood Jr. shortstop. He is a top, top prospect of last year. Played last year. He's only 22 years old, about to be 23. Steals a lot of bases. He's still like two and three innings today. Vinny Pasquantino, player to watch. He's awesome. Uh, he's their DH. Uh, also take a look at Nick Prado. He plays a lot of good first base. That's why he's playing there over Pascantino, but uh, doesn't hit that great, but plays a lot of good first base in the field. Michael Massey, local kid, uh, Orland Park Sparks, played at U of I. Uh, we played against their team plenty of times, the Sparks. Uh, I, I wanted his to father shout and his him out. brother were your age. Yeah, and, um, you know, MJ Melendez, a catcher, moved to right field. He's a guy to look out. Um, yeah, as he, well. he, uh, they're really high on him. And he yeah. started off very slow, but now he's up to 14. Well, he had four homers. He will hit, what, a homer to double today. So five homers. And uh, he's a good catcher, but he plays outfield because they got Perez. And he started really slow this year, and now he's starting to come around. Yeah, no, for sure. But um, And then their bullpen doesn't really have any names that I feel worth mentioning. Amir Garrett well, threw up on the mound today. Uh, well, if, Barlow was oh, a decent yeah, he's I like Scott him Barlow a lot. was a decent closer the last two years for a terrible team, and this year he's been getting rocked. And of course, the other guy they got Stalman uh, is uh Chapman. Oh, sorry, Chapman's having an insane year, and he's gonna yeah. get traded. Uh, but yeah, he's, oh, they're gonna, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? He shouldn't get get much. We we you know we we've already got the most expensive bullpen in the history of the game. Why don't we get Chapman? Well, he is a royal. <laughs> yeah well i'm sure they want anything but i don't know what we have they'd want prospects or young people we don't really have i don't have anybody um but that bobby wood jr you mentioned him oh my god six homers going into today 23 runs scored a ton of stolen bases can play short third uh nicky lopez naperville illinois yeah uh, he's been bumped to the utility with massey coming on they have him um, hurt. Uh, he oh, Nicky Lopez injury appendicitis May first. That's oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't know appendicitis was communicable. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, those are any other guys. I mean, Salvador Perez, obviously, their catcher well, he is seven home runs. Gold standard. He's great. And Chris Bubik just got Tommy John for them too. So That's they're 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 they're, yeah, beat, they're 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 beat up. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening to us, guys. Again, we appreciate all the support. 500 downloads. Let's go. We're going to continue to let it roll here. George and I will dive into more topics of Chicago White Sox baseball. Even though the season right now is not super exciting, we are still excited to give you some content. Um, I am still on Twitter and Instagram. Very busy at work. Continuing trying to put posts out there and just build our brand a little bit, but we appreciate you guys. Keep on following us. I'm at Soxology2023 on Instagram and on Twitter. And I hope all of you have a wonderful week. Let's go Sox. Let's hope they beat the Royals. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Thursday night. <laughs>